I'm looking around the audience, some people are going, really? Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, that was done in 1957, you can tell from the uh, bad video, as an April Fool's Day joke. It was what we would call a put-on, right? It's a hoax, it's a deception. People have done put-ons over the years in all different sorts of ways, and they're still doing them today. In fact, if you're all wondering about whether something's true, there's a really cool website called Snopes, S-N-O-P-E-S dot com. If you want to say, is that a real thing or not, check out Snopes. They'll usually tell you uh, whether it is or not. I have been known on my Facebook page on April Fool's Day the last few years to do my own put-on. Um, so I'm telling you, if you're on my Facebook page or you go there, you'll know, although you'll forget, I guarantee it next year. But I, and the first year I was in Indianapolis uh, two years ago, I put on my Facebook page that I was going to be the new chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I put on there that I was going to get tickets for every home game and that I had like six tickets and I would save a couple for a special guest or two. And so if they would write to me and uh, get on my list, I would have a drawing for each game and perhaps they could get to go to the game. And now at the bottom, I did put April Fool's. You had to read down a ways. But I had people telling me later, they said, I had, I had my bags packed. I was ready to come to a game. And then I found out it wasn't really uh, true. Sorry about that. But the Bible talks about a very different kind of put-on for Christians. Oh, it's not that kind of put-on. It's not a deception, but it's, and it's, but it's not optional. It's a challenge to every one of us who follows Christ to say, put on these things. It's found in Colossians chapter 3, and it describes kind of like clothing that there are certain things that we're to put on if we're going to follow Christ. So we're going to look at those this morning, and we're also going to see that they also have a list of things that we ought to put off, because sometimes, you know, we, we exhibit those things along the way. So let me pray, then we're going to dig into Colossians 3 for a few minutes. God, I just agree with the prayers already today that my words would, would be your words. I pray you will meet every one of us right where we are. Um, we're all in a different place on our spiritual journey. But would you be the one that brings all this together for what we need? And I'll thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 14. Uh, I've edited it slightly for our little reading because some of the phrases just aren't critical to what we'll be talking about. But it's still a little bit long. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version. You can use a version you have. You can follow along, look on your iPhone, however you want to uh, hang with it. But I'm using this translation because it literally uses the words put on. And that's really the most accurate words, by the way, anyway. So here we go. We'll read it, and then we'll talk about it. First of all, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, not just your actions, your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, many of you heard this, whenever you see the word therefore, you ask yourself, what is it there 
for? Well, here's what it's there for. Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Anybody know about bullying? Yeah, it's very relevant to today, isn't it? Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have, here it is, say it with me, put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So, it's kind of another therefore, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, hang on to that, I'm coming back to that later, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, say it with me, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So, there it is, some put-ons, but we're going to talk first about what do we need to put off? Um, because there's a list of those here. Why? Well, see, this verse says we've got to keep seeking the things above. There's got to be a better way. We, we, need to do, we, we need to look at our spiritual clothing is the deal. I work a part-time as a chaplain in Mooresville, just outside of Indianapolis. Some of you may know where that is. And it's a food processing plant. And the deal is that because they're particularly working with food ingredients, that they have to be very careful about, you know, dirt and decontamination uh, and all that kind of thing. So every day, the employees have to put on new, uh, clean clothing. White stuff, you know, and gloves where it's appropriate, and masks and things over their hair or whatever. In fact, when I go into the plant, I have to wear the same stuff because I'm in there where the food is. And we all look kind of weird, but none of us care because we're all the same. We have to put on clean clothing. Um, but as the workers leave, I notice something. Because I'll see the end of one shift and the beginning of another shift. Most of them, when they leave, are dirty. You know, there's this one guy. He, he, for some reason, they pick him to work with the stuff that goes to, like, Nestle's, which is often chocolate. And, and the guy literally is he's headed home. I mean, he, he looks like a scene from Willy Wonka. I mean, he's just covered <laughs> in chocolate. Because it, it got dirty by, by working. But he started out clean. See, the same can be true of the Christian life. Um, through our faith, yeah, we've been forgiven of all that negative stuff, as we'll talk about in a minute. It doesn't own us anymore. But we can still get dirty. We can still have the old stuff kind of flop on us. And we carry it around. And we're human, right? We, we're not perfect in this life. So um, it's still there. Now, here's the good news. When you become a Christian, when I become a Christian, all that put-off stuff, all that negative stuff, it has no power over us anymore. It doesn't. Uh, let me show you where it says that. Let's go back to verse 5. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body, say it, as what? Dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. And there's other stuff in there, lying and deception. We're dead to that stuff. Now, do you still do that sometimes? Yeah, I do. But you see, it doesn't have any power over us. 
The problem is it still has influence. So we, we've got to understand that. For example, let's say um, you were around somebody, uh, let's, use, let's use some of the kids. In school, let's say you were around somebody who bullied you for a long time. And, I mean, it just hurt, and it really affected your life, and it messed with you. But that bully moved away or got kicked out of school. They're not there anymore. The first day they're not there anymore, you go to school, and what are you still thinking? It's possible you're still going, oh, I hope I don't see so-and-so. Oh, man, I hate going to first hour because that's when the bullying. And then all of a sudden it hits you, wait a minute, they're not here anymore. But they still have influence, don't they? Yeah, they're still messing with you even though they're not even there. It could be someone in your past who has died. They're still messing with you. They're still there. See, that's what can happen. That's what he says. We've got to somehow put off some of this stuff that still messes with us, even though it doesn't have any power over us anymore. And let me just say to any of you, and I don't know any of your particular stories, but if, if you, you're here today, maybe your first time or your tenth time or whatever, or maybe you lost a bet and that's why you had to come today, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it happens. Whatever your reason, if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, then you know what? That stuff still does have power over you. You're not dead to it. You're, you're still alive to it. We all, we're all that way. And maybe today could be your day to say, you know, I'm done with that. At least it's not going to have any power over me. Or I've heard about Jesus, or this is my first time to hear about Jesus, but I know I need him. I know I need what we just sang about a little bit ago, and I don't know him yet. How about today being your day? So you could get some power within you to fight these things, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So here's what I want to do. I want to just take a minute, a little in parentheses in this message, and I'm going to pray a prayer that you could pray with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. God hears you. He'll know. And this could be your day to say, I'm entering the kingdom of God. My wife and I were uh, in Austin last week, Austin, Texas. We lived there for eight years and always loved to go down to San Antonio to Alamo. And so I knew we were going to be there basically on some ministry business, but I said, somewhere on this trip, we're going to San Antonio. It's only a 90-mile drive, but we had a real busy schedule. We worked it out. We headed down to San Antonio to see the Alamo and the Riverwalk and all that. There's a story about the Alamo that maybe some of you have not heard. General Travis was the head of the Alamo Army because Jim Bowie got sick and, all, and basically died, and so he could not lead the, the troops. They knew they were going to get basically overrun with Mexican soldiers. There's just no way. So Travis gets them together, and he, he goes outside, and he says, and he draws a line in the sand. And he said, all right, I just need to know who's going to fight. Some of them had time to leave. A lot of the women and children were able to leave. Some of the men could leave. But they had to do it right then. Or they could step over the line and say, I'm in. Whatever the result, I'm in. That's what this prayer is going to be about. Are you in? Where you say, I'm, I'm tired of listening about Jesus I'm going to do something about Jesus. 
So this little parentheses, and we're going to finish. But would you, if you just close your eyes so you don't bother anybody else, I'm going to pray a prayer. You pray it one phrase at a time with me in your heart and in your mind. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Today, I give my heart and life to you. I need your forgiveness. And I invite Jesus into, into my life. I know this is only the beginning. But I want to grow and become the person you want me to be. Begin to change me from the inside out. I commit my life to grow and to be more like Jesus every day. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that was your first time to pray that prayer, and today you became a Christ follower. You became a child of God. And all that put-off stuff has no power over you anymore. It'll influence you. We're going to talk about that. But it has no power. And God's going to begin to change you from the inside out. And you now have eternal life with that God, no matter what happens from, for the rest of your life. Isn't that cool? Awesome. All right. So, even though we're Christians... We can still get dirty. We can, you know, we get messed up. So let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things we ought to unload. And we all have these. They'll be different depending on our, where we are in life. But let's go back to Colossians 3. Here are some of the things that were in the list. Immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech, lying. Again, any of those mess with any of you? They do me. You bet. So what do we do? He says, you've got to put those off if you're going to put the right things on. So let me give you some real practical steps of what you ought to do to put some of those things off, and then we'll talk about putting the rest on. Here we go. Number one, admit that some of them still affect you. We Christians have a way of thinking, I'm okay. I'm fine. I've got it all together. You know, I've been a pastor for a long time and a teacher and all that stuff. I'd love to say I got it all together. No, I don't. Jesus, yes, forgave us, but we have to still admit that we get dirty. 1 John 3, 2, I won't put it up, but write this down. 1 John chapter 3, 2 says that someday we'll be like Jesus. We ain't there yet. The rest of our life is becoming like Christ. And we're still going to get dirty, and we still have to get clean again. But we're forgiven. We're good. He, he's fine with that. He just, in a practical sense, no, I need to wash you off again. So we, but we got to admit, those things still affect us. It's okay. It's real. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Just covering all this stuff up is not the answer. You don't have to go out and put it on Facebook, but we need to admit that it's still there. Okay, that's step one. Number two. This is big. Find the source, not just the symptom. See, there's a lot of symptoms in that list. Lying, 
anger, right? Greed. But if all we do is say, you know, there were some movies out a few years ago, right, called Anger Management. Any of you see those? If we just manage our anger, but we don't get the source of our anger, we're not better. We haven't put off what we need to put off. See, some of our anger or some of our lying or some of our addiction or whatever it is comes from the past. We're, we're ashamed. We're wounded. We, we've tried all these strategies. We think, gee, if I get married, that will be my answer. Remember the um, Jerry Maguire line, you complete me? Baloney. <laughs> no. We think it will, though. That, see, that's been our strategy. This is what he's saying. Put that off. You've got to say, get to the source of your symptom, not just the symptom. You know, we get angry. Look, I mean, look at the list. We get angry. We get rageful. We get immoral. We get demanding. We become a bully. We lie. Um, let's say you have a spending addiction. A lot of people do. What does that do? It makes you feel good, right? I've worked with a lot of couples and, you know, the, the guys especially, sorry guys, I am one, so I can say this. But a lot of the guys, they're hurting badly, they know it's a mess, and so, you know, they do the, the real logical thing. They go out and buy a truck. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, feels good for a while. Dulls the pain. See, we, we've got to get to the, what, what, what's the source? I've got to deal with the hurt and the pain and the shame and the embarrassment or whatever it is. Let God do that. You can't just get rid of the anger. or the, You know, it's, it's got to be more than that. That's number two. Number three, here's the answer. Embrace what is really true about you. See, we've got to go back to what's really true about you. We all have things that we think are true about us, and they embarrass us, they make us mad, we try to compensate, we do a thousand things. Look back at Colossians 3, verse 12. Listen to how Paul describes the people. I love this. He says, chosen of God, holy and beloved. Now, do you think all the people in Colossae, where this book was written to, do you think they were all wonderful and perfect and doing the right thing all the time? No. They lived in this terrible, weird Greek-Roman culture. They, they were probably getting the impact by a lot of things. None of us are there either. But he says to them, even so, you're chosen of God, holy and beloved. Why could he say that to them? Because they were Christ followers. We've got to go back to that, folks. If we're going to get healthy and put off some of this bad stuff, we have to go, wait a minute, I've been chosen holy, I'm holy, and I'm loved. Those three words, interestingly, were used of a certain group of people. You know who it was? The Jews. Who were God's chosen people? The Jews. Who were God's holy, separate, different from everybody else people? The Jews. Who did God say, I'll love you unconditionally, no matter what? The Jews. And now Paul says to them, guess what? You Gentiles... You get it, too. You're chosen, holy and beloved, all because of what? Because of Jesus. All because of what we just prayed a little bit ago. All because he said, I'll die in your place. You get to be chosen, holy and beloved. Don't forget that. 
then therefore don't go out and lie and don't go out and cheat and don't go out and steal and don't go out and get greedy and all that stuff because you've got what you're longing for deep in your soul. We've been believing a lie. That's how we're going to get to and be able to say, I can finally let go of that because God sees me differently. Maybe my neighbors don't, maybe my spouse doesn't, but God does. See, today... Even as a Christian, say, I, I need to be reminded that I don't need to live the way I've been living anymore. I could put off some of this stuff. I'm going to draw my own line in the sand with God and say, today's the day. It's going to stop. It's going to stop. Let me give you a couple things that will help you in this little process. Um, write it down. Whatever it is. Before the day's over, maybe before this message is over, write down and say, I got to work on my blank. I don't know what it is. It's between you and God. But you know, right? Sure you do. I do. I mean, as soon as I hear a message like this, I go, oh, gee, yeah, that's the one I got to work on. Or, okay, so what? Just say, I'm not going to bed until I've started. I've taken a first step on this. Write it down. Secondly, read your Bible with the same assurance. I know you probably read your Bible now. Start reading it in such a way that you go, Lord, keep showing me who I am in you. Look for it in every passage you read. It's probably there. Not because we deserve it, just who we are. We're holy, we're chosen, we're beloved. Now, here's another one. Start some new habits. You know, just do one thing differently. Like, for example, let's go back to the spending person. Maybe if that's your, your deal, you're greedy, as it said in Colossians 3. The one thing you'll do this week is say, I won't buy that. Or I'll give some money away I normally wouldn't. I don't know. That's between you and God. But start some new habits. Listen to Colossians 3.12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, Put on, here we go, now we're getting to the put-ons. Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Just do one, whatever. Start with something and just shock yourself and say, oh, that was so cool to get to do that. Um, bear with one another. Forgive each other. See, there's a whole long list of things. I'll, I'll get to more of them in a minute. But if you look at that list, almost all of them deal with human relationships. Right? Being compassionate, forgiving. So I, I don't know what that would look like for you, but wouldn't it be great if just little by little, when people met you or they met me, the first thing they began to see was not this hurt, shamed person, you know, kind of trying to cover up life. They saw this person who just oozed compassion and kindness and gentleness. Not perfect, but just very real, very caring. Um, wouldn't it just be great if that was like, you know how the, you hear the first notes of a song? A lot of these songs, a lot of songs, when you hear the first notes, you know it. I mean, without maybe eight notes in, you know the song, right? Uh, can I try a couple just for fun? See if you know this one. B. 
Beethoven, right? Moonlight Sonata. Some of you go, yeah, I sort of knew that. All right, I'm going to play this one in church. I'm going to get in trouble on this one. Well, you all know this? Yeah, Michael Jackson, right? All right, or how about this one? Yeah, the Doobie Brothers are here, right? Yeah. Now some of you are going, well, I don't know if I knew any of those yet. Well, let's go back a few years for you. Yeah, the Carpenters. All right. You, I could do a few more, but we'll run out of time. Wouldn't it be something if when people heard our intro... Maybe it's not a musical one. But they heard our intro. They met us wherever it was, and they went, that person loves Jesus. That person is kind and compassionate. They may not even tie it to Jesus just yet. They just know there's something really cool and amazing about you. Listen, go into your world this week and actually pray and say, God, will you give me somebody who I could play that song for? My song however you do it. We were flying back from Austin the other night, and uh, we, uh, in Austin, we were waiting on our flight, and they kept saying, oh, it's delayed, oh, it's delayed. We were supposed to leave at 4.20, 4.12, something like that in the afternoon, to fly nonstop back to Indianapolis. We left at 20 minutes after midnight. Lost an hour, of course, time changed. Got back at 3.30 in the morning. There was a lady who we had been talking to across, you know, the kind of the seats there in the airport, because, you know, you have eight hours of time, and you get, finally they brought pizza and all this. She had only flown once in her life. Uh, she's from a little town in Texas. She's going to see her grandchild, who she hadn't seen for four years. And now, you know, she was going to get a ride at 7 o'clock in the evening from family. Now it's going to be 3.30 in the morning, and she's going, they can't come and pick me up or whatever. So I said, well, look, we're going to Indianapolis. We, we know the airport. Um, I, I do a little driving for Lyft now and then. I said, we, we'll get you to all the right people. Well, we got to Indianapolis. She didn't have this account, credit cards, whatever. It's, it was a mess. <clears throat> we're exhausted. So I said to her, so where, do you where are you going? And she said, Carmel. Carmel is a 45-minute drive from the airport, totally on the other side of town from where we live. We, we were tired, but we just went, get in the car. We got to drive you. Now, is it because we're such great, cool people? No. I was, we, were, we were wasted. We got home at 6 o'clock in the morning. But you know what? You just do that. Somehow God just stirs in you and says, you know what? I gave you this opportunity. You sat across from that lady in the airport for eight hours. Do you think that was an accident? No. I uh, picked up a gal in, on a, in a lift ride one night, two gals, and I knew in five minutes that this would be the ride from hell. <laughs> It, 
Oh, I, I, I don't have time to tell you the whole story. But they got in the car, and every other word, and the back seat was an expletive and whatever. Um, asked me to stop a bunch of different places, which I did, and, and I was just getting mad. I'm saying, Jesus, please get these people out of my car. <laughs> we finally stop at another stop, and the one gal gets out. She says to the other gal, I got to go give money to my mother or whatever, and it's because of you, and blah, 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 blah. And she gets out and slams the door. The gal in the back seat says, I can't catch a break. I said, well, I'm sorry, what, what, what's going on? She says, well, I have an 18-month-old daughter. She says, I just got out of jail. I ha I've, I'm addicted, and I've been trying to do everything right to get my daughter back but I can't get a judge to listen to me. I've, I don't know what else to do. <clears throat> well, Lisa said we're mountain people, and we are. Um, I have a little bracelet that I carry around now with me that says, never quit climbing. The view from the top is worth it. It's been our mantra and kind of encouragement to people for the last 12 years since Jackie had cancer, and we climbed a mountain together. And um, so, anyways, I said, I, I'm really sorry you're going through that. But I said, you've got a big mountain here. I, and I said, all I can do is help you get up it. I, I, I don't have an easy answer. Told her that story, took this bracelet off. I said, here, you can have this little present for me to remind you to never quit. You're doing the right thing. She said at one point, once she said, I'll never take it off. I'm sure she will. But then she said, I don't know how I got in a car with someone like you right now. You're the only person who's believed in me for a long, long time. And you know what I said? I do. I know how I got in a car with you. It was God. See, that's what when we say put on a heart of compassion and kindness and gentleness. It's not being goody two-shoes. It's not doing everything right. It's not being some kind of super saint. I'm not. It's just saying, God, I want to wear the right clothing that will draw people to you. So I don't know what that looks like for you. But I want to challenge you to live every day in Colossians 3 that says, put off the other stuff. Some of it's getting in the way. Maybe you got an anger or lying or whatever. Okay, start there. Say, God, i got to put that off. Help me. So that people won't miss the compassion part, the other part. Um, change me from the inside out. You can go through the rest of these words. I don't have time to do them. Kindness. Do you realize in Paul's day in Colossae, um, they lived in this Greek culture. You know what the Greek culture was like? Every man for himself. And here's Paul saying to them, oh no, what you need to do, live a life of kindness in that Greek culture. And you might say, well, nobody else at my work does that. So, you be the one. You be the one person. I told you I do chaplain work. I talk with a guy... One day, I gave him one of these bracelets. I saw him a couple of weeks, a couple of days later, and I said, "Hey, how are you doing?" And he said, "Man, this is so good. This was so helpful to me just to think that I could get through this mountain and go one step at a time." Blah blah blah. And so I said, "Great, glad it was helpful." So I saw him three weeks later, 
And I said, he says, hey, could I get another one of those wristbands from you? And I said, yeah, I had one on here, take this. And then he says, I mean, without even taking a breath, he says, so what do you think of tattoos? I'm going, whoa, how do we go from this to that? I said, well, I'm, I'm okay with tattoos. I don't have any, but I usually ask people, I ask a couple of you here, tell me about your tattoo. What's that about? I said, a lot of them are really cool and amazing. He said, well, what do you think of this one? And he pulls up his sleeve, and guess what it says? Never quit climbing. The view from the top's worth it. Hallelujah. I went, God, you gave me that opportunity with that guy at that moment just because, because you're God. Every one of us can do that. Every one of us. Kindness, humility, being gentle when no one else in the, around is being gentle, being patient, forgiving. Some of us need to forgive some people. I have a phrase, I think it's true. Forgiveness is not about letting them off the hook, it's about letting you off the hook. And some of us need to finally say, I'm done with that. I don't care if they don't deserve it. I'm so sick of trying to change them. I'm not going to do it anymore. I forgive. It's over. That's God's deal. Now I'm going to go and do what I need to be doing. Okay. Then forgive. Just as the Lord forgave you, it says in verse 13, so also should you. Yeah. Or love. I think love is kind of the one piece that holds us all together. It says in verse 14, beyond all these things, put on, there's, there it is, put on love. So how are you doing with your outfits? How are you doing? I should not do this, I know. It's, it's, it's a little cruel. But Jackie and I will be out... Um, Somewhere, we're in, again, we're in Austin. There are a lot of people in Austin dress really weird. But we have this kind of little fun rule between the two of us. We have not said it today, by the way. I'll just let you know. But I say to Jackie, if I ever look like that, just shoot me. You know the look I'm talking about. I mean, I'm not just talking about they're, they're different. I'm talking about <laughs> it's really weird. Anyways, I probably shouldn't say that. But I said, really, right then, pull out a gun and kill me because that, was, that would be terrible. Well, whether you want to go there or not, some of us need to look at our outfit and just say, Lord... I don't want it to be a just shoot me moment. I want it to be draw people to you moment. In the store, in your home, in your church, in your neighborhood, in your family, wherever it is, put on, put on the right outfit. And God wants to help you. God wants to help you. We've got to water, we've got to nourish these things. You know, that's what church is for, to help you grow, and, and, and none of us will do this perfectly. I think this is an awesome church. It's why I love coming back. If I didn't, I wouldn't have been, this is my third time. I love it here. Because God's doing something really cool in this church. But you want to change this neighborhood, you want to change your neighborhood, uh, or keep changing it, then keep following Colossians 3. 
Say, God, whatever I got to put off, change it. Help me put on Jesus. More, be more like him, more like him than I've ever been. We sang this morning a, a song, Revive Us Again. Maybe that's what just some of us need, just a little nudge, a little reminder. Lord, I, I, I've, I've been putting that off. <laughs> I need to put this on. Okay, let me pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you um, that you're enough. Thank you um, that you, <laughs> you accept us as flawed and tainted, and we're, we're not like Jesus yet, but I know there's a whole lot of people here who are becoming like him. And so I just pray that you would use even uh, these words this morning to move us to a next level, whatever that is or to put off some things that have just been standing in the way and be willing to just say, I'm going to put that one on. I want to pray every morning that you would give us opportunities to be uh, Jesus to someone, to let them see on our person, uh, see you, and be drawn to it and and grow from it and learn from it and and be different, make a a change. I, I don't know what that'll look like, but Lord, would you just multiply that over and over? And for those who came to know you this morning, may this just be the first day of an incredible relationship with you. May they feel some of the chains of these things just falling away and uh, beginning to live a new life from the inside out. So whatever you want to do, Lord, with all of this, I thank you and I praise you. You are a great and awesome God.